This podcast is offered through the Sacred Community Project, an inner spiritual collective working to lower the barriers of access to contemplative and devotional practices. Through the universal teachings of love, service, remembrance, and truth, SCP utilizes modern technology to promote eternal values. Learn more at sacredcommunityproject.org. Welcome, everybody. This is Hari with the Sacred Community Podcast. The SCP Podcast will be a gathering of interviews, lecture, question and answer, meditations, and live music sharings, potentially, you know, some other things down the road. This episode is a conversation that I had with Dasima and Rita Green in April of 2020, a few months after Ram Das had dropped his body. For those of you who had the chance to go to Maui for any of the retreats or to visit Ram Das's home, um, which is now Hanuman Maui, you probably had the chance to meet Dasima, who served as Ram Das's head caregiver for his last 15 years. Uh, Dasima is also the president of Hanuman Maui, which hosts weekly kirtans and meditations for community members and visitors, as well as caring for the mandir um, that was built last summer that now houses the Hanuman Morti that's taken care of by, uh, by everybody who lives at Hanuman Maui. If you would like more information or to visit Hanuman Maui, please visit hanumanmaui.org. Uh, Rita Green is also a longtime caregiver giving through her service to Sidima and the Kenshi Mandiran Ashram, um, as well as actually having a stint as one of Ramdas's caregivers um, upon his arrival on Maui. So this conversation explores their paths uh, to finding God and Maharaji, as well as personal stories of their times with Ramdas and also of his passing. I hope you enjoy this interview, and I will see you next time. Thank you guys both for joining. I've been really excited to be able to talk to both of you, and and it really is a dream conversation for me. I mean, you guys are both friends, mentors, and really interesting and beautiful roles in my life. I'm very, uh, I'm very excited that we get to sit down and do this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, thank you. For anybody who hasn't had the the chance to meet Dasima or Rita, I will st- we'll start with Dasima, one of the quiet rock stars of the satsang. So Dasima lived with and served as Ram Dass's, um chief caregiver for Dasima. How many years was that now? 15 years. What was kind of um, the motivation and inspiration to begin your spiritual path? Dasi? Mm-hmm. Well, I was brought up Roman Catholic, 16 years of, of Catholic education. And there was a period in my life where I just turned off to all religion. Then in the late 80s, uh, I found my way into Zen and started reading spiritual works. And someone gave me a tape of Ramdas. And I listened to that tape, and it just changed my entire life. Just listening to the tape, I, you know, sat in my car for, you know, an hour and fifteen minutes just listening to it. And I, and back then, I didn't even realize whether he was living or dead. I was so far remote. But then I started, found out that he was living. I got his books. I signed up for a lecture he was giving in 
uh, Washington the next month and for a week retreat in Omega in July. And then all my vacation, I would use to uh, go to Ramdas retreats, started helping out a little bit. And um, basically, that was, that was how I uh, made the transition to spirituality. Was there kind of a catalyst that reopened that door, or how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think there are a few things in my life, death, medical condition, they were, they were truly catalyst. And then finding Zen, I, there was so much peace in that. And it was, and also, believe it or not, Wayne Dyer's work, he was starting to get into spirituality a little bit. So that was a little bit of a catalyst as well. I mean, you mentioned Omega and Washington. Where, where were you living and kind of what were you doing in your life at the time? I was living in the Philadelphia area and I was a uh, human resources director for a fairly large organization. And that was my career. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a jump. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you kind of became the human resource at the, at the end of the day. I guess you could say that. And Rita, for you, I, I mean, I understand that you, your kind of jump in was, was a lot younger. I got the book Be Here Now, my senior year in high school. Talking about funny, you know, when I started reading all the books that were recommended in the back of the book and Mm. realized that that was the real education. Mm. Um, I used to talk to Maharaji in the book, telling him, I I want this. Mm. And uh, I came to know that the author was going to be teaching a class at Naropa Institute in 1974. So I made arrangements to go there after I graduated. Then while there, uh, I met K.K. Shaw, our dear K.K., and he and was invited to India. By K.K.? Yeah. So wow. in 75, I made it to India. What kind of like invitation was it, if you don't mind? Um, we, K.K. and I used to meet up before class and... There was this bridge that I used to walk across to get there. It was a river bridge, and I had wanted to show him. So I walked him over there, and, and he said, when are you coming to India? Hmm. And it was like a ping ball. It was like, oh, I read Be Here Now. You don't have to go to India, bung, bung, bung. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was the beginning. And then he wrote a letter after he left, and then he wrote another letter. You know how he loves to write the letters? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And for for people who might not know who KK is, could you help explain? KK was a very, very dear friend of Ramdas's. And not only was a friend of Ramdas's, but he just loved the Westerners beyond anything that I could, it was just unbelievable how much he loved all of us. And he mm. was such a devotional human being. Um, and he was a rascal, Bodmash. Maraji loved him very much. Mother loved him very much. He was, yeah, he was loved and he loved. So yeah. you're, you've just finished the Naropa Institute course. You end up going over to India. 
what were kind of those initial impressions when when you got there and what what started developing for you? Uh, KK took me to meet Ma first and it was just KK and mother and I and I remember sitting there and just I couldn't help but cry. I was a little bit of a crybaby back in those days because my heart was just my mind was being blown and my heart was being mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was in front of somebody, sitting with somebody that knew my heart for the first time ever. And that's isn't it game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, uh, first time I went to India, you could only get a three months visa. Uh, I was asked to stay and go on a pilgrimage. So I extended my visa to six months. Uh, and then from then on out, I only I never stayed less than six months in India. Who did you go on the pilgrimage with? Uh, mother invited me. Ma invited me, and I went with all the Mai's and Vinod, and we had a bus, and we went to uh, Neem Karoli, and then we went to Brindavan. I mean, I think a lot of people know Siddhi Ma kind of later in her life where she wasn't really taking trips with people. So what was that kind of that early relationship like within those first couple of years? I remember, you know, having arrived there in 75 and Margie left his body in 73. Uh, I don't know if it was somewhere in the early 70s, mother had said to uh, somebody who was, she was sitting outside in the back uh, talking to somebody and saying, this is the first time I'm talking about Maharaji. And it's the first time I'm sitting outside and not in the back. So I, hmm. I, got, I saw mother start coming out, you might say. And, and what did that kind of look like? Uh, very sweet. We had a lot of times to, to sit around and talk about Maharaji. We looked at photo books a lot. We had long darshans in the evenings, all the ma's. And, and mother would walk around and see things that, needed to be done and it was just a really sweet beautiful time and so i'm thinking about so dasima you met uh Sidima as well and were there with ramdas on his last trip to india that is correct back in 2004 had you met Sidima before then no i had not i heard i heard beautiful things about her but i had never met her it was just it was just absolutely beautiful. It was, I felt more peaceful there than I ever have in my life. Um, I was there for three weeks or just about three weeks. And once I got there, I just felt so contented. And just being in her presence was, you know, electrifying. I, I didn't want to, I didn't even want to go to the gate. I just wanted to be there, be there in the, in the courtyard or, or be wherever just mm. it was just a beautiful experience i was there it was beautiful so i mean there's this kind of final meeting of these two beings at least in the body who both of you were so closely associated with so what was that whole experience and trip like uh, the, the trip was just amazing i there's were probably about 10 or 12 of us that met in delhi and we drove down in a bus to, to Kenchi, and we were greeted by Rita as we, we arrived late at night, and she was there to greet us. 
And she was just so welcoming. And I believe that was the first time I ever met Rita. Mm. Uh, although I heard a lot of good things about her. And just being there, it was fabulous. It was just fabulous. They put us, they put eight of us in this big room where the kirtan wallas usually sleep with mats on the floor. And uh, it was just amazing. It was just amazing. And and Ramdas would sit out on his little porch and we would, we would meet there during the day. Ma would call us in for darshan, and understand we had more darshan than typical yeah, people do. It's true, and 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 the unique thing about it is that mother put them all in the same room, big room as a family. Usually, they're separating men and women, but she chose to put them all in a room as a family. And I thought that was really unique, and they they got a lot of attention, a lot of prasad. Mother would come into their rooms. Yes. You know, the, the room, not rooms, but mother would come in the room and make sure that the, dar, you know, the, the prasad was there. And We had darshan just about every day. We were told that we needed to get up at 4, 4.30 in the morning and be out in the courtyard and that we might be lucky enough to see Ma. Out in the temple area. Yeah. Really? So, so we, we did that every that- morning. So was that her kind of typical routine of getting up that early to go to darshan in the temple? Yeah, in the area. Interesting. Do you have any kind of insight into like spiritual practices that she was involved with? Yes, she wrote Ram Ram on a daily basis. Didn't she take over Maharaji's the diary? That's right. She wrote Ram Ram in a diary every day, sometimes twice, thrice a day. Even to the very, very end of her life, she was doing that. She took us one day into Maharaji's office and showed us the book where where Maharaji wrote Ram, 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 Ram in his diary every day. And she showed us how she continued. Ma, Ma, uh, Maharaji gave Ma a, a sandalwood mala bead. And she used to do her uh, sandalwood mala bead and she, it was, it was lost, and Jaya couldn't find it anywhere. And we looked, we looked everywhere, and it was just gone. So that practice of mother's was done. Interesting. So she never, she never just repicked it up no. with a different set of beads. That was, that, that was, was it. it. The whole loss and and change thing, I think, is is definitely one of the, <laughs> one of the the great mysteries of this whole path. With Ramdas's passing and and with the closeness that both of you have had over the years with him, what has that process been like for you? It was such a loss. Even now, I'm I get choked up. Um, just how much he influenced my own life, and then to see how much he how much he influenced so many people's lives. Just, I feel honored to have had him as a teacher and a mentor. For for decades, Ramdas was intrigued by the by death and reincarnation and the process of dying, and we've had many conversations about how he wanted to go and 
how he wanted joy and he didn't want heaviness around him when that when that time came it was just you know beautiful experience just last night i had a a dream again of that last day of his life and how he didn't struggle he surrendered into death there was no 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 pushing back at all mm. and you know it is very very sad that we don't have his beautiful presence here but it's also joyful and he was so ready to go and he he died like like his teachings he can he continues showing us the way totally going on that that topic of a living teaching we've for years and years and years we've heard and studied him and what he thought and felt this process was going to be like for himself witnessing it what was that experience like for you or were there any kind of remarkable moments with it within that process that really stood out mm, uh let me think I, the, the whole thing was remarkable he was getting weaker and weaker as the weeks and months passed in 2019 just his will willingness to to go to the next plane of consciousness to find out it was really a mystery for him and and just watching him not resist it was was beautiful it was mm. beautiful it was a the last day was um he woke up and all his vital signs were totally off totally mm. off and we sat there the whole day and he was just getting weaker and weaker and i remembered his wishes that we all be joyful he didn't want a lot of it, extraneous types of of stimulus during that period he didn't want music he didn't want you know a lot of pictures around he didn't lot of, want a lot of people around either right and it was just wonderful to watch him slowly go to the transition um mm. he was having trouble breathing so matthew and govinda went out to get oxygen tanks and it was he was just you know he is still conscious the whole time mm. didn't speak i don't remember him speaking that day um uh, but he he responded if you asked him a question and and he could indicate whether it was yes or no but it was it was mm. so peaceful hmm it's nice to hear one of the things that i I've, I've noticed from talking with all the caregivers is that every single one of us thought that we were going there kind of to to be there for that moment one of the the things that i did get to be there for which just will always stand out in my mind were those those days immediately following mm -hmm. and the wishes that he had pertaining to his body being being laid out so that people would be able to come and pay their respects but also as it was written on the door that it was part of the teachings and there was that immediate just even right after the moment of death all right, here we go. Here's here's the teaching, and I was I was wondering mm -hmm. if you could speak a little bit to um, 
what the intention of that time was and just kind of the the process that the house went through in honoring those wishes and being part of that teaching. One of Ramdas's wishes was that the caregivers wash and dress him after he died. Did you get to do that, Hari? I wasn't there for the in, the initial wash and dress, but yeah. I got to be there for um, all the times, kind of mm-hmm. kind of after that, and and mm-hmm. yeah. the preserving of the body, and uh, mm. what was it, Dasima, seventy two hours that, uh, that he was right. laid out ended, to for the public. It, it ended up to be a little bit more than seventy two hours, I think. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but legally, it's seventy two hours. Yes. But it was so beautiful to see the caregivers that were here, Matthew and Lakshman and Krishma Prem and Christopher and Bodhi B, who owns the deaf store. He came over and he helped too. And it it was just a beautiful experience. It was so loving. And John Empey was also here Mm. during that period of time. Yeah. So that... That was just amazing to watch. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was joyful, but it was it was uh, heavenly. Yeah, loving awareness. And and it was so interesting with the spaces that were held kind of in the different parts of the house, right? Where we had the quiet meditative space up in his study with the body, and then for as I remember a lot of the day, um, a full house with Kirtan going on down in the puja room. Um, Yes. And, you know, it was kind of the, like, choose your own adventure, like, what do you need at this moment? Mm. I mean, there's kind of those times where I think people just needed release um, and needed to sing and needed to celebrate. And then there were times where you needed to go and sit with the body of your teacher. Yeah. And and do whatever process that was that needed to happen. And I think the thing that really hit me too was I knew how much Ramdas meant to really a select group of people. And a thing that blew me away was and how deep that connection was. I mean, Rita, you you were talking about how with Sidiman knowing your heart and then just the feelings of when Ramdas passed and the and the level of just honor and, and deep respect of that moment. And I that made sense to me for a lot of the people who I knew were either in the house or just really close to Ramdas or his his close friends. The thing that I really didn't expect was the immediate outpour um after his death of realizing that my experience and in depth of of reverence to him as as my teacher um and somebody who just completely trans transformed my life extended so far beyond to just tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people who felt that deep it's like this hurry everybody i think can remember where what they were doing and where they were when they heard about ramdas passing away yeah. It's one of those things where it's a monument moment in people's lives. Yeah. You know, the one thing about Ramdas's passing is that for the last 12 months from 
January or February, the end of January of 2019, he had many scary moments and mm. many, many infections, and he had some hospitalizations. So we in the house had were going through many deaths through the whole year. So when it happened, I think that helped us to be a little bit more prepared. And knowing that he was so excited to go on this journey was helpful too. And to have someone like Dasima and you guys surrounding this space, that's really uh, made all of us feel really good that couldn't be here. Mm. Yeah, I have just a tremendous amount of thanks. And I, I mean, Dasima, just God bless you for, for Bravo. I mean, so you have, you have Ramdas, who we've already talked about the kind of the type of connection that you would have to him. And then you, you add in the fact of your proximity and how close you've been for 15 years. Now you have that death and now you have hundreds of people entering your house you have i'm i'm trying to think about how many people just at the time immediately after came to stay at the house that then you were helping feed and shelter i'm gonna guess that there were probably 15 people there i do just on behalf of everybody just want to take a moment to just say a huge thank you for the strength and love that went into that to be able to provide an opportunity for for people to come and have this type of closure and and experience and, and closeness of of these kind of final times and moments with his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Hari, one of the things that really uh, was amazing to me was the all of the caregivers who showed up immediately mm-hmm. after he died. Yeah. You were just you just showed up yep. <laughs> and you, yeah. you were just amazing. You, you, you know, you were here, you, you chanted, you were upstairs, whatever needed to be done. You did, you, you were able to, to grow, have a, have a closer bond. Yeah. Not that it wasn't close before. Mm-hmm. And then, I remember you were thinking about we can't let the house go. This is mm. where Ramdas's essence is. And yeah. you guys called a meeting. And at that point we had no thought of staying here in the house. Um and you were so impassioned during that meeting. It was like, yes, we can do this. And that's the reason we're still here today, that we still have Ramdas's ashes here and that we have a garden for him. And his presence is so strong upstairs. It's just amazing. And it, we owe it all to you. The caretakers. Thank you for, thank you for that. And thank you for being the, uh, the, the living life force that's, that's carrying that forward and, and just a beautiful transition for, for people who haven't heard um the house is being uh preserved and protected and acting as um a living temple and dasima would you speak a little bit as to what hanuman maui is and Mm -hmm. some of your plans for that so after that meeting uh, i contacted stever dalman 
whose desire was to have a Hanuman temple here on Maui and had a, a small apartment in Paia where he was, was having weekly gatherings. And uh, he commissioned this beautiful Hawaiian woodcarver to make a Hawaiian wooden Hanuman. And it's was absolutely beautiful. It's now in front of our, our puja table. Stever said, yes, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea to me. So with, with the two of us combined, we were able to continue here at the house. We now call it the Hanuman Maui, Ramdas Loving Awareness Sanctuary. And uh, we're really excited about it. What are some of the kind of the future plans of mm-hmm. either people being able to come or how, to, how is that looking? Yes, after the uh, the uh, cessation of the ver- coronavirus, we will start having weekly chanting sessions, regular meditation. We will offer private retreats. We will have uh, some teachers come and give group teachings and also Savo workshops. Yeah. And for people who are looking to either help support or follow you on social media, how would they do that? Well, we have a new YouTube station that just went up thanks to Steve and Matthew. We have a couple of videos on there. And we, we just started a Facebook page for Hanuman Maui and also Instagram. We do have a website, and that is org. And is there a way that you can receive donations at the moment? Yes. At the moment, you can go into the website and then click the link and you can give a donation or you can send a check as well. Perfect. An absolutely beautiful project. And I mm-hmm. hope that uh, if, you're, if you're listening, you take a moment to check out the website and, and learn more about what's going on and the, and the vision for this project and that you lend your support so that Ramdas's house is able to continue to stand as, as really a, a sanctuary for loving awareness. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to, in the years of serving him as a caregiver, what that relationship looked like and the, just kind of the effect that that had on your being and, and things that you saw change within yourself over that time. Mm. Well, Certainly, I felt extremely blessed to be able to serve him. Initially, as I mentioned earlier, I used all my vacation time to go to his retreats or programs, wherever it was, whether it was Costa Rica or Canada. Um, When he went to Brazil, I made sure I went to Brazil and went to India when he went in 2004. And I started to take photos, and then I was editing the cassettes and transferring them to uh, CDs at night. This is like 10, 11 o'clock at night I would be doing that. And uh, I was so in awe of Ramdas. <laughs> I couldn't hardly even talk to him. I was so much in awe. And he's such mm. an easy person to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So when I arrived at the house, 
in uh, 2005. Rita was here. She That's was just ending. Yeah. So she showed me the ropes. And uh, she was a great teacher. But I was a little nervous at first. <laughs> and then, you know, it just the relationship grew. Yeah, he was such a beautiful human being. And every once in a while, we would do something that would totally upset him. Mm-hmm. And he'd let us know in no uncertain words. He would say oh. something, and it was like, oh, my God, I... I would, you know, you'd feel like it was the end of the world. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time that he yelled at me, and I, you, you would, it was my second day at the house, and you told me we're doing a cleanse. You, you say, here comes a little 23 year old kid, day two, and you go, the whole Ramdas and the whole house is going on a cleanse. Do you, do you want to do it with us? And I'm just like, uh, sure. But I mean, it was it was really strict, and like a week and a half into it, I remember he just really laid into me one morning, and I went down into my room, and I'm just crying. And you came in and sat on my bed with me, and put your arm around me, and you said something that just lasted with me forever. You said, "You know, Ramdas is human, and he he still has a lot of stuff there with anger, but the the really beautiful thing is." when he gets angry it passes right through yeah like that and that it, it, he moves on and it, it doesn't linger there and that was the first time i had ever seen anybody really embody an emotion fully and then have it move through and the other place that i really saw that come come to light were when was when he would cry mm. and that he would cry with his full body yeah. and but it didn't last very long it would be like mm-hmm. 10 seconds, sometimes shorter, three seconds, but it would be the deepest sob and then it would be gone. Yeah. Actually, that was a very uh, healthy relationship lesson that I learned is that when he would get angry and then he was able to just let it go. And mm. it was interesting for me to see that there were no resentments, nothing later that was going to come back and, and, he might have been right, he might not have been right, but it didn't matter. It was What mattered was that he was just able to just move on, and that was a very healthy reflection for me to experience. Hmm. Yeah. Initially, if I did something that he didn't approve of, uh, I would feel bad for so long. <laughs> And yeah. then towards the end, it was like, okay, I got it. Won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Rita, did you ever have any experiences like that with City Ma? Oh, it's same thing. She would get angry and let it go. Just like boom and then gone. Um, one time the, we had an elderly uh, Pujari and he misbehaved in some way. I'm not sure exactly what he did. He was... Uh, neglected and giving prasad. He, he didn't do his job properly. And mother went out, and I think that she became like 10 feet at the time. You know, he was cowering, and I was behind her like, whoa, what am I witnessing? And then poof, it was gone, finished. She came back, 
and I'm sure he learned his lesson. And at the same time, you know, when I've been yelled at from her, I feel this tremendous amount of love. It was like, yell at me anytime you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I think for, for me with that tremendous amount of love, it just I my my experience with it was it just felt like it even hurt more. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I had the ability to sneak up on Ramdas even when I was trying to be as noisy as I could to not do it. And I God, I startled him one day and pulled uh, there was something stuck under his chair and I pulled it out and what I didn't realize was he had lowered his chair all the way. So it was on the object so that when the object was removed his whole chair dropped like 2 feet. <laughs> and he freaked out and he just Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then he lifted his finger and waved it in my face and just went, God damn you. God damn you. I remember just, I just looked and stared at him. And I just was, I said, do you, do you mean to say that? You just cursed me. Like, will you take that back? <laughs> And I think he huffed on it for another minute, but then it just popped back up. But oh my God, I remember just like the, it was almost like you just are staring at a truck coming at you. And yeah, that the dealing with dealing with anger, those heightened moments. I mean, especially when there was so much physical contact with us. I mean, anytime he's coming in and out of his wheelchair, anytime he's going in and out of bed, anytime he's getting dressed, anytime he's going to the bathroom, I mean, you just you have that caregiver in your face picking you up and helping you with these transfers and sometimes they didn't always go well and sometimes <laughs> that could that could be injury or that could just be i don't know just coming up short i i think that that was definitely one of the most most interesting parts of that relationship too was learning how to deal with that feeling of coming up short and then moving on and letting it run through. Yeah. There are there have been some beautiful caregivers who cared so much about doing a beautiful job and being helpful. And they would really go out of their way. And they're the ones he gave it to the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was great that he set us up, though, with the idea of fierce grace. I mean, yeah, at least there was a little bit of groundwork. For sure. And I really felt bad for the caregivers coming in the last couple of years where his body was becoming weaker and weaker, and it became mm -hmm. more and more difficult yeah. to do the transfer. You know, yep. as Trudy Goodman called the caregivers, the super monkeys. And super monkeys, they are. Beautiful group of beings. I mean, For sure. uh, one of my favorite, favorite photos, and, and we'll, maybe we can even post it as as the photo for the, uh, the podcast, was that last trip um, to Taos. Oh, yes. And, yeah, and where there was caregivers through the decades. There must have been 15 people in that photo who spanned probably... 15 years. Eight, 15, 15 plus years. That Taos trip was. Can I tell something personal. Oh, 
you should definitely tell something personal. Come on, baby. <laughs> Sorry. I know you heard that. <laughs> and definitely don't work on those whisper skills. I want to. <laughs> well, when, when, when Dasima arrived and, and it was time for myself to leave, you know, uh, Ramdas said, would you be, be my, he said to her, would you be my caretaker? And Dasima said, yes, I'll do it for two months <laughs> without any pay yep. to see that if you really wouldn't want me to be here. And when I left, I, I, when I heard that, I just said, she's going to stay forever. <laughs> mm. I, I don't know. I just, just to hear something like that was such a beautiful Savite thing to hear. With that asking to be the caregiver, if you would share um, the story of how you got your name. I had a few other spiritual names, even one from Mother, which I really loved. But one morning, 2006, I got up and was in the kitchen, and I looked at the puja, and Ramdas was sitting there. Hmm. Back then, there was a possibility he could get out of bed by himself. But at that point, it was a possibility for him to do that. But he hardly ever did. He came rolling over to the island in the kitchen, and he said, I had two dreams last and your name came to me. Hmm. The first dream was Dasi, and the second was Ma. And hmm. it was my, help, my heart just melted. Hmm. And I knew that was my name. Totally. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And he was, uh, he had tears in his eye. Hmm. He was the messenger. Had you asked him for a name? No. Or just, just came up? You, I mean, you've had a really interesting history with, with dreams, though, in Ramdas and Maharaji. <clears throat> there was one uh, dream I had shortly after he had his, his stroke. I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was such a real dream. I haven't had one since. And in the dream, I was caregiving for Ramdas. And at this point, I was, you know, in human resources and, <laughs> you know, into my career. But it was, I, I just woke up, and I was crying and sweating and... I remember going into work the next day and looking to see if there was a possibility for me to take an early, early retirement. And there, you know, was, you know, sometime later, actually being a caregiver. I mean, come on, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> for sure. Did for sure. did you have did you have a dream with him with falling out of bed as well? I had a reality of him falling out of bed. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You know, there was. I thought he was, in my dream, I thought he was calling, and I woke up, and he was on the floor. For people who don't know the house, I mean, you're on a completely different level with probably a, I don't know, 60-second walk to go get up, up to him. And I was just thinking about when you were talking about his ability to get 
in and out of bed independently and then how that slowly started to shift. And I think one of the interesting things was with Ramdas, I mean, his independence was important. Absolutely. To watch what happened with that over the years as he became more and more and more dependent on the people that are were around him. I mean, I remember when I was there, he um, when he was talking about his death that I think he even said like that he didn't want anybody around or maybe one person. I mean, and then when he when he actually ended up dying, that things had changed so much that were there a whole number of people really at that moment? There, I believe there were about four of us, five. He actually indicated it would be all right for a few of his close friends to be there. Malik Cotter was there, who had come over to visit him on Sunday. Uh, earlier in the day, his good friend, Dr. Haddad, was there. And after he passed, he came over very quickly after he died. Mm. Um, Ramesh was there. He was visiting. Christopher and me. But he did, you know, he did change. For him to become totally dependent on someone else was a difficult task for him. And it took him a long time to become comfortable in being dependent. And he worked on it. I mean, he wrote the book, How Can I Help? And as he would say, How Can You Help Me? But he did it. He was able to do it. Initially, when Rita was here, she would help him up. And I helped him up for the first four or five years. And then it came to the point where I could no longer do it. But that transition to becoming more dependent was beautiful to watch. Yeah, that was actually one of his teachings as well, is that is to allow yourself to be helped. It's easier on the caretaker and oneself as well. I loved his quote where he was talking about his car, and uh, and he says, "And now I can't. I had a I had a sp- sports car, and now I can't shift my car, and I can either suffer at being somebody who can't drive a car, or I can enjoy being chauffeured." <laughs> Yeah, he taught, he taught us so many things. You know, that was about grieving, right? Just what we were, we can grieve in our lives. Yeah. So, Rita, we've talked a fair amount about Ramdas's passing, but with Sidima passing a couple years before, I'm curious what that process was like for you, and just what, if anything, um, you feel changed during that time. Well, this is this is interesting, Harry, because this is something that I heard you say that. A little differently, but I realized that I didn't need to be with mother when she mm. passed away. It mm. was something that I felt like I had to grow into is just really not needing to be there when she passed. Mm. It was part of actually me being adult around the whole thing. Mm. Um, she was old, and that made it feel a little better that she had to leave her body in that way. She did it so gracefully. I was with her in October. I'd left, and she passed away in December. Same thing, it's a loss. It's a loss to our planet. Uh, I continue growing in her love because she's taught me and raised me 
and that just continues unfolding in me and that's how i see her is through mm. my own life unfolding mm. when I, I think about people who so i mean we have we have the group of people who um were with maharaji we have the and then we have subsequent groups right people who mm. were with sidima people who were with ramdas and I, I think one of the big struggle questions um for people who weren't with Maharaji were, how do I feel that connection? How do I feel connected with that being? Um, and for you with the, the passing of Ramdas and Sidima, what would you tell people who are looking to feel that connection? I'll just say that, that there's many a people who never met Maharaji and his body, but they've had, such vivid experiences of him or just the feeling of him that they didn't need to be with him in the body. And, and I, th I think it's the same with Mother and with Ramdas. I, I know that one thing that Mother was all about, she was all about Maharaji. And I feel the same way about Ramdas. Ramdas was all about Maharaji. Mm -hmm. So through those teachings in that path, we we're under Maharaji's blanket. And people that want to arrive there, I, I think it's really, we have a lot of avenues now. We have Krishna Das, we have Jai, we have Kripa singing, we have all these people mm. to awaken people to, uh, Maharaji's using all of us as instruments. Mm. Yes. I'm really excited about what Kripa is doing. And, and I think you guys are a fabulous group mm. and fabulous human beings. And I think that just about every one of you has the ability to be great spiritual teachers. Every one of you. Well, thank you very much. I mean, we, we learn from the best and mm. just, uh, you know, it. it I, I think the like the the most fun part of that relationship is that Muid had or Krishna Prem now had met Sita Ramdas as he took over for Sita Ramdas when he left the house um, and moved on, and then I moved in eventually to be with uh, Krishna Prem and and Dasiba. But I had never actually met Sita Ramdas, and really the whole the whole. The, the the whole reason why we formed a band was because we ended up meeting at one of the Ramdas legacy retreats and that was the first time Sita Ramdas <laughs> and I had ever met and we just we just fell in love with each other so hard um, that we decided that we needed to figure out a way that we could hang out and be together and and we wanted it to be um, in some way that like we could also be in service uh and so we ended up deciding each one of us enjoys uh chanting so what if we found a way to sing together and we could honor ramdas and maharaji in that way and then that that really was the the birth of the the whole thing yeah the great name too i i think the thing that all of us and and it's really been my word of the year of just of grace and I hope to kind of I don't know the f the farther and farther I 
I've walked in on this path, the more and more it's just become apparent to me that it's grace. Oh, you know? yeah. You, mm. No I doubt. Just, you're, you're mm. graced. You're graced. There's no doubt. All these guys are graced. We have Guru's Kripa. You can't dispute that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, God, it's been it's been a beautiful path. Yeah. And the more it's opened up, the more the more grace filled it feels. Nice to hear that. Yes. Jumping back in time a little bit, I, I felt like kind of one of the last things that uh was kind of an uncompleted project for Ramdas was the opening of the Taos Hanuman Temple. If you could talk about um, just the significance and and what that moment was like. Oh, with Ramdas arriving was it was dharmic. I can't explain it other than it was just a total universal meant to be right time, everything. Dharmic is how I would explain it. Yeah, that it was, it was absolutely amazing that he was able to go. He had a couple of hospitalizations and one infection after another. It was amazing that it was still living at that point. And I had mentioned that I was going to go and shortly thereafter, he said, I'm going. Ramdas had waited 43 years for mm. the Hanuman that he helped design and went to India a few times to have it, you know, put together to have a permanent home. To fly to America. It, he stayed on the uh, Taos Temple board. To the to, until his death, mm. to make sure that a permanent place was made for 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 Hanuman, and once he decided he was going to go, there was no way <laughs> that we were going to keep him. And the, all his doctors said, "No, this is this is this is murder. You can't let this happen." Then finally, they he said, "No, Ramdas is going." So we got with tickets to go one way, and then people were saying, no, 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 you have to get a private jet. So we looked into getting private jets, and then someone said, no, no, you can't take a private jet. You have to take the, uh, the plane to Denver. And then from Denver, and the people were saying, you'd have to drive down, or you have to take the plane. It was... It was unbelievable, the conversations mm. that we've had. We have to have a mm. respirator. We have to get this. And he was so joyful and happy, and I'm so glad he went. Yeah. And he was glad. <laughs> he was the tears that, that came down when he saw that Hanuman in that beautiful temple mm. were fantastic. Yeah, well, in, that was a in, moment of the golden ages. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, just so many incredible. Fo I mean, if you want to see some of the joy, like find some of the the videos and the the photos from that temple opening and Ramdas yeah. feeling a Look lot of feels. Look for it on the Maui uh, Maui website. Yeah, 
And I mean, talk about remarkable too, when he asked his caregivers to lift him up out of his wheelchair so that he could oh, touch Hanuman's yeah. foot. Oh, Just, oh, I mean, was, come on. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was breathtaking. It was breathtaking. Actually, I was standing a little bit in the back, and as soon as I saw him do that, I had to run to the front to be a part of it. Mm. Mm. We decided that if Ramdas went, we really had to protect him. And there's so many people in the Taos area that have long relationships with Ramdas, but the only way he was able to, he would have been able to get through it was for him. Uh, to to be guarded. So we we had whenever he went out, we we were we had to push people to the side. Not push, but you know, move people aside. Yeah, Musa. Yeah, and I know that there are some people in Taos that felt felt um, sad that they wouldn't get they didn't get a chance to speak to him, and I felt bad about that. But we wanted him to get home alive. Yeah. yeah. And he was very sick when he got home. Yeah, it was a vulnerable situation. Yeah. From what I remember, too, I mean, that plane ride seemed to take a lot of him out of him. He was joyous, but it seemed like he was in a weakened state even just during mm-hmm. that visit. And then the, the altitude change was very significant for him. By the end, he had a... You know, a fairly nice size fever, and he was an AFib, and we were lucky to get him home. Jay Maharaj. What was kind of the, the first moment for you or, or Maharaji Darshan, kind of where you knew you knew you were home? For me, the, the first time I heard Ramdas, it was, that was it. I was home. Hmm. And the first time I saw Ramdas, I I sat down in my seat. I saw Ramdas, and then I saw Maharaji. He turned into Maharaji, and then back to Ramdas, <sighs> and that was it. Yeah, that would do it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty wild. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, I there's so many. It just. In, you know, just back to back to back. But I think maybe it was the darshan that I had of Maharaji. He wasn't in form, but his, he was speaking. And he had said that he had been with me from the beginning. Mm. And I think that, I think that was uh, an awakening for me that he had just done everything in my past up to until then. And and he continues to do it. I think it was that moment of just realizing he was doing it all. As two people who walked this path in so deeply for so long, if you could have people just understand one thing about either these beings um, or this path, what would that offering be? Hmm. I, I think mine would come from Ramdas. Just, just our, our humanness. We have we were born into a human body. We have these human tendencies, and we have the ability to realize, self-realize, realize, 
and we are all one big package in, in our own bodies. Our bodies are temples. Mm. Mm. I, I, yeah. The one great thing about Ramdas was that he didn't never really take himself seriously. And he had such a great sense of humor. And I love the way he used his stories. Mm. Yes. Where he really screwed up as yep. as teaching examples. Yeah. I love I love that bit of when uh, he I think he was just using it as an opener at one point when he was talking about for for so many years I've been huffing and puffing as hard as I could to get enlightened and and people just keep on thanking me for for being so human. Mm. Yeah, I lived a long time with not being okay with myself and and that here's this person who I in a lot of ways idolized and just see as so far down the road and he's just keeps on telling me like you're beautiful like you're okay it's all of it it's mm -hmm. like it's the parts that you like about yourself and it's the parts that you don't really well, enjoy plus a gift that we've been given is this human birth you know it's the through the human birth we're able to have our contact with God and our self-realization. Right. Can't forget that part. For for me, one of the things that was significant was embracing his philosophy that it's all perfect. It's all perfect. The coronavirus yeah. is all perfect. Yeah. Um, everything is perfect. Your resistance to the coronavirus. <laughs> I, yeah, I would love when he just would go through those levels. Thank you both so much, so much for taking the time to talk with me and, and sharing uh, sharing your wisdom and, and really your life and heart. You're going to be really good at this. <laughs> going to be. He is. No, I mean, you're going you're, you're gonna to start putting it out there and doing this. I, I think you're going to be really good. Hmm. Oh, thank you, you are darling. good at it like she said but thank you so much Hari we had a, a good closer but I, the thing that um, why this is so important to me and like what gets me so jazzed up is we have just in our satsang I've just experienced such a wealth um, and depth of, sure. of spiritual practitioners and people who sure. have walked this this journey in, in either a different path or maybe have have had more time to get farther ahead and to be able to just tap into the wealth of, of love and devotion that really is this satsang and is this family, mm. I think is, I think it's time for it to come forth. You're right. We are definitely a good bunch. <laughs>